Max Sports episode 15 here today, everybody. We got a mock draft I'll be breaking down, sharing my favorite parts of it. Todd McShay has a big trade happening in it. I'll really share what I think about it, what'll happen, and then address my favorite picks of the draft. After that, we have a returning face coming back to the NFL trying to be reinstated, which is Calvin Ridley, the former Pro Bowl receiver now in Jacksonville. And then after that, I'll be talking about Damar Hamlin for a little bit. Let's get into it. Just so you know, before we get our mock draft talk started today, wanted to let you guys know that there'll be a special episode coming out soon. This will not be one of our usual Max Sports episodes. Mainly, I'm going to be doing a breakdown of a team for free agency, draft picks, what their future plans are, coaching moves. I'm going to be starting that with my Detroit Lions just as kind of a practice episode, and it's a team I know a lot of. If you find that content interesting when it comes out, I'm thinking it'll probably be coming out tomorrow or tomorrow evening. If you like the content, please let me know in the comment section down below. It's something that I'm very interested in trying out and would like to know what the feedback, what kind of feedback I get for it. Also, if there's a team that you guys think that you'd like to hear, you know, obviously I'm a Lions fan, but if I have a Chargers or a Cardinals or a Giants fan, I'd love to be able to do the same break down what I think will happen in the offseason, where they're heading as a trajectory, and do almost a full in-depth, detailed episode on its own. I'm thinking I could maybe do one of those a week on top of the show. Let me know what you think. All right, here we go with Todd McShay's mock draft. I'm going to be breaking down the highlighted picks that I think are the biggest Uh, If I miss a pick that you guys wanted to hear more about, I can cover it in a future episode. Just leave your thoughts in the comments. But I want to give the picks that I think are have the most talking points. Obviously, you could say, oh, that's a pretty good fit. Or this team picked best available. That doesn't necessarily get anywhere, though. I want to find stuff that we can talk about here. So the big thing McVay has in this draft is he's going to be having a trade. He is having the Indianapolis Colts move up to number one from number four to select their future quarterback. Now, I think he explains this as it's a pretty good trade because Chicago has Justin Fields and the Colts need a good signal caller to really make an identity for this team. I completely agree with what he's saying there. The only thing is, and again, it's why mock drafts don't mean as much now, but we don't know what the future for Justin Fields is yet. I've heard rumors that he could be on the move or the Bears are considering it, and I don't think that that's too far off at times. The reason why is because he was not their quarterback, and what do I mean by that? The coaching staff, management, the president, they were not around. He was drafted with the last regime, with Ryan Pace, I believe that was his name at at management, and they had Matt Nagy as as their head coach. It was a last desperate heave of hoping that they can maybe get another year because they have a rookie quarterback. Now, he's a very promising player. I don't know if he's really the guy yet. I don't think he proved that this year. I think when it comes to his future, next year is a prove-it year for him. But I don't know if if the Bears want to wait another year for a guy that they didn't select to be their prove-it quarterback. They could select Bryce Young first overall. I don't know if that'll be the case. But 
it'll be interesting to see what happens. I don't. I, we'll talk more about Justin Fields when that actually happens. Today, I'm talking about the mock draft. They, the Indianapolis Colts select Bryce Young first overall, the quarterback out of Alabama. I think he's the top prospect most when it comes to the quarterback position. Most people have been highlighting him as the number one overall pick since the day he started at Alabama. He can make every throw on the field, and I think one thing that when you look at the elite level of quarterback in this league is that improvising trait where when the play breaks down and the ish hits the fan, they can escape the pocket, throw on the run and hit a receiver wide open for a big play. I think he can do that. It'll be really interesting to see that kind of feeling that kind of play style in the Colt with the Colts, because honestly the last few years with their ancient quarterbacks that they keep getting off of trades it's refreshing. It's a team I would like to see. I think their new coach and Shane Steichen, again, if I'm pronouncing it wrong, please make fun of me if you want. But I think when it comes to the the quarterback guru, he's worked with Justin Herbert. He's worked with Jalen Hurts. You could argue that those two are the perfect kind of prototype of what you want in a quarterback in today's league. Only thing that worries me is his size. Now, he hasn't had a lot of injury issues, but he is very small. Some people don't even think that he's over 200 pounds, and some people don't even think that he's over six feet tall. And I will say, smaller quarterbacks do worry me in the NFL. I know some of them become all-time greats, like Russell Wilson or um, Drew Brees. But for every one of those, how many undersized quarterbacks flop? Baker Mayfield is not going to be a starter next year. And if he is, he'll probably lose his job by week five. You think the Cleveland Browns would want that one back if they could? So that is my only worry when it comes to Bryce Young. I think he's the best quarterback available. If I was a GM and I needed a QB, he's probably the prospect I'm taking first overall. Makes sense. We'll see how this affects the Bears in a couple picks. Second, I'll address the number two overall pick. C.J. Stroud for the Houston Texans. Again, this is refreshing the AFC South. An absolute, just disgusting division that was full of just mediocrity and failure everywhere. The Texans were a joke. The Colts were just an absolute mess. The Jaguars were, were a fun young team, but even then, they still have some bumps to get over. And then the Titans are kind of the old you know the old face in there that they have a bunch of older players and they were the team that was making the playoffs but i think their windows shutting faster than they want to believe because of this i think it's another great pick selecting stroud second overall i think him and young are the number two one and two prospects some people have argued will levis however his draft stock has been kind of plummeting recently where people had him first or second overall for a while he's fallen down to seven in this mock draft I think it's a perfect fit. Again, new coach, new uh, field general to help out this team really give an identity. The Texans and the Colts are going to be two teams I'm really excited to see. And especially if this kind of trade happens, I'd love to see a young budding rivalry or just a a young budding division. Think of it. You got Trevor Lawrence, CJ Stroud, and Bryce Young all in one division. That's amazing. That'll be a fun division that'll really be rejuvenated and be fun to watch again. It won't be a, a tank division where you only need eight wins to get in. This will be a fun thing, and I'm excited to see what happens. The biggest 
defensive players leave next in his draft, that would be Jalen Carter and Will Anderson. Jalen Carter goes fourth to the Chicago Bears in that trade. I think this would be a perfect fit and a perfect scenario. The Bears need a face on the defense after losing Khalil Mack. Of my goodness. After losing Khalil Mack, <laughs> they really need a face on that defense, especially because they traded Roquan Smith in the midseason around the trade deadline. They really don't have that, and their defense could use a lot of help. They got absolutely ran over by a lot of teams in the NFL, and they really didn't have a chance most NFL Sundays. I think a guy like Jalen Carter is the perfect fit to start and anchor a defense. Look at the teams that were in the Super Bowl. Look at the pass rushers. Look at the tackles. The best way to win in the NFL is having a solid line. Run the trenches, and you can win games. And I think that's what they're going with with that pick. Moving up to three, I know we're going a little out of order, but we have Will Anderson going to the Arizona Cardinals. He's the perfect example of an elite pass rushing specialist that is going to be going to a team that desperately needs one. J.J. Watt is retiring they really need a face on that defense. Again, a lot of these teams in the top four are just lacking identity. Outside of the fact that the Bears have one of the better scrambling, rushing quarterbacks, there's not really much there. Same thing with Arizona, with Kyler Murray out half the season next year. They really need something to solidify one of the sides of the ball. And it'd be easier to do the defense while Kyler Murray is out. I think it's a great pick. After this, I think five and six... They just go with defensive players here. You got the Seattle Seahawks and you got my Detroit Lions. I think that if you are Seattle and or you are Detroit and you're choosing not to go quarterback, I think both of these teams are going to be on the phone dialing, how the hell do I get out of this pick? The main reason for it is you, you don't have the two best defensive players. There's no real elite corner. Yes, you could pick a corner at this, and it's not too embarrassing, but there's no Sauce Gardner. There's no Derek Stingley. There's some good corners, and I think it's a very depth position where there's a lot of them, but I don't think that it'd be worth necessarily taking one this early, maybe at pick eight or nine. But for the Lions and the and the Seahawks, they don't need quarterbacks. And they're not going to be able to get the best defensive end, ends and defensive tackles available because they just went two picks ahead. So you don't want to draft a position that's already been depleted. Again, like you wouldn't want to take quarterback five with the sixth overall pick because you know he's not going to be as good and you could get better players at better positions and fill more holes. I think obviously he's not making a trade here. But again, if Stroud is off the board and you're Seattle, or you're Detroit, I'd trade out. Because, or I'd be begging, at least trying to trade out. Because, again, you could get more picks, you could get more draft capital, and you could still get the player you want. That's what the Bears did. And these two aren't quarterback needy teams, and especially if Will Levis is still there. I mean, you got Vegas who might take a quarterback, but we still don't know what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe Atlanta. I'm not really sure about that. Maybe Carolina. But again, we don't know what happens with Derek Carr. There's a lot of questions here. And you don't know maybe if a team like Tampa Bay wants to try and get Levis or Washington is trying to trade up for a quarterback. Again, there's a lot of teams that need ones that won't be able to have the assets to get them. But maybe trading up to that pick instead of going first overall, it'll be a lot easier for them. Maybe the Saints, if they have enough assets and they can even afford to pay anyone. 
right now, I think that'll be the biggest question mark in the draft. I know a lot of people are interested on seeing what the Bears do. I'm more excited on seeing what the Seahawks and the Lions do because both teams were contenders. Both teams had winning records this year, and both of them will be fighting for a playoff spot next year. They don't need um, a quarterback. And so honestly, again, I don't know how many assets you'll have to give up for teams that want a quarterback and want to move into the top three. But if I was the Lions, I would even consider trading picks to try and get Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. You probably won't have to give up as much, but you get the star. You get the star of the draft. You don't just get the fourth best. As for their picks, Seattle picks Tyree Wilson, who I think is the last not necessarily elite, but a very promising defensive end. He's kind of a mix in between. He's not necessarily a pass rusher or a pass specialist, but he also plays really well in the run game. I really like his ability just overall as a defensive end. He's probably one of my favorite just overall balanced defensive ends where he's not specifically an edge, but he's not specifically a D tackle or a D lineman. I like the pick a lot. I think that'd be a great fit for Seattle. As for the Lions, Miles Murphy from Clemson going there. I think it's just an eh fit. It fits, but it's not a prospect I'm excited about, especially when you could get more, I think, at pick six if there was a quarterback or you could trade out. I think you could get Miles Murphy at pick 12, to be honest. So, again, if I'm one of those two teams, I'm trying to trade out if there's a quarterback still on that board from the top three. They have the Raiders picking Will Levis here. I think his stock is starting to plummet a little bit. I think he's a very weird, raw prospect. He's had a lot of turnovers in his in his time at Kentucky. And there's some people that drool over Will Levis's ability to throw the ball. And then there's still some people that are questioning, why the hell is he even a first-round pick? They don't see it with him. Now, again, when you look at his stats, he's nowhere near Bryce Young. He's nowhere near, near C.J. Stroud. He didn't prove a lot. And in a lot of his biggest games, he kind of underperformed. So I think it's a guy where he has to find the right fit. Again, I don't know if Vegas is really that case. I think Vegas is still going to be looking for a, a veteran quarterback more than a prospect. So I think Levis could be a quarterback that maybe falls in the draft and maybe gets traded up around like pick 15, 16. Again, we don't really know what will happen yet because – we still got a while. We got a long offseason. We still have some free agency moves. We could have trades happen. We could have draft day trades. We don't know 100% of what's going to happen. But I think as of today, when we talk and we try and, you know, shoot the ish about sports, I think this is a fun topic. And I think right now, until we know what happens with Rodgers and Derek Carr, I don't really like uh, McShay's decision on taking Levis uh, and sending him down to Vegas. I think Atlanta does pretty good in the top 10, getting the best offensive tackle, helps solidify their run game and protect Desmond Ritter, who's going to have a prove-it year. A shocking pick for me is at nine, which is the Carolina Panthers. They have Anthony Richardson on there. I think he's the one of the biggest raw prospects we've had in a while. I don't think he's as bad as like Malik Willis was last year when it comes to raw ability, but... The thing that worries me about Anthony Richardson is the fact that he needs to go to a place that truly can develop him. If he gets thrown out there week one as a starter, he will be eaten alive easily. He is a very raw player. 
And I think he needs to go to a team that that maybe even has an established starter that he can learn behind. And not just an established starter as like Sam Darnold with Carolina. But I'm saying like if Derek Carr goes to Carolina and they still find a way to get Anthony Richardson and he develops maybe a year or two behind him. I think that is a good fit potentially. And again, I think whatever team can find and unlock the potential of Anthony Richardson will be a very good team for a long time, but he is a, you know, I can, I consider him very similar to like a Josh Allen or a Jalen hurts or uh, just that, that question mark prospect where we don't know enough about him. And there's a lot of flaws and a lot of people go, eh, I'm not sure about him. But once you see his potential or what he could be, if he learns the position better, I mean, you can see why people want him in the top 10. Some of the things that interest me as well in this mock draft are what the Eagles do. Again, they have a lot of free agents, and I think it'll actually be a lot harder than I originally believed to see them repeat and come back to the Super Bowl next year. I think they'll have a big Super Bowl hangover. Not saying that they're you know going to be as bad as the Rams were, but I think that they are going to need to address a lot of positions because they're going to be losing a lot of faces on that team. They could lose Jason Kelsey. They could lose Fletcher Cox. They could lose Ndamukong Sue. And while they have a lot of young, talented players, you're losing experienced vets that are Hall of Famers. Now, they do have two first-round picks, and they'll be able to address a lot of holes in the draft. But I think that these picks need to be absolute hits, because if they lose out on these picks and they don't work, I don't know if they're going to be repeating as division champs because Dallas is right behind them. And I don't know if I'll be seeing them get past the divisional round next year. Now here it has them taking Brian Brisset or Brees. I've heard a couple different ways of how it's pronounced from Clemson. I think he's probably the second best D tackle after Jalen Carter, a good run stopper. He had a bit of a down season, but he was dealing with some really tough off field stuff. I believe it's like he lost his sister or something like that his younger sister. Absolutely heartbreaking. I understand why he had a rough year playing football. Obviously, there's more important things in the world than football. So I understand why. I think it's a good pick. I think it would be a good fit putting in with Jordan Davis on that defensive line, especially to fill the hole of Fletcher Cox and Ndamukong Sue. It really put a new age look to the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm excited to see. Some picks as we go down here, we got a tackle for Tennessee. I think Houston makes another good move with their second pick, which is Quentin Johnston. They get the most electric stud receiver in the draft. This is how you make a turnaround and really make your offense more booming. More booming, whatever that means. But they really need to find themselves a a deep threat, a huge weapon. They have some decent weapons. Damian Pierce is a good running back. But they really haven't gotten John Mechie going, who obviously was battling cancer and had leukemia last year. Who knows if he'll even be ready for it. And then you got Brandon Cooks, who I'm not sure if he even wants to be there. Getting an elite receiver prospect like Johnston, he's he's probably my favorite receiver in this draft. And I think getting him will really spark an electric, you know, a really electric offense between their new young quarterback, their new young coach, and their new ride receiver. And they'll all be working and learning together, and they'll all be on the same page. I like this idea. Good picks. I like some other picks when it comes to the Patriots, when it comes to solidifying their secondary. There's some picks I'm not really sure about on on McShay's draft, 
Michael Mayer, for tight end from Notre Dame, going to the Packers. I mean, they could lose Robert Tanyan to free agency. But again, if you lose Aaron Rodgers, the last thing you really need to do is waste a top 15 pick on a luxury selection in Michael Mayer, a tight end. I mean, they could use a receiver, a real receiver. You know, they got Christian Watson, but maybe another receiver to go with him. Maybe another offensive lineman to help out that line because it seems, uh, oh man, I'm blanking on his name now. But they, they have a really good tackle, but he always seems to be getting hurt on that team. I mean, they're also going to be losing Alan Lazard, the most experienced weapon. So again, a receiver wouldn't hurt unless they want to address that in free agency with another veteran. Some of the picks that I'm not super happy about, my Lions taking Keely Ringo. I think he's the biggest prospect when it comes to the corner position. He's got nice physical traits, but when it comes to how he actually plays the game, he relies a lot on those physical traits, and he's a very handsy corner. Personally, I like Christian Gonzalez from Oregon a little bit more, or I could see him be maybe being a second round selection, mainly, or you know maybe taking Cam Smith instead in the second round. One of the picks I really didn't understand when it came to this draft was Bajan Robinson going to the Ravens. It'll be interesting to see where Bajan Robinson goes because I think a lot of people realize you don't need to select a running back in the first round, and while he's the most talented and most prized possession when it comes to the running backs in this year's class. There's a lot of really good backs. It's a very, again, it's similar to me with the corners. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of really good ones available. And I think obviously Bajan Robinson is the, the cream of the crop, but they could find another running back in later rounds. I'm a real big fan of, I think it was Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. I really like him. Um, I like uh, Kansas State's running back, Deuce Vaughn, as well. These are guys you can get in the third, fourth, fifth round that could put up similar production to Bajan Robinson. Again, the other thing with it, too, is Baltimore could be worried about losing Lamar Jackson. They have J.K. Dobbins, and they have Gus Edwards. They both have some some you know, solid running backs and they have a team built around running the football. So you don't necessarily need an elite guy. If you have a team that's built around doing that, I think that they honestly could use a receiver more than they need another running back. So something like Jordan Addison out of USC, I would like that pick a little bit more than Bajan Robinson. Some of the players that I'm actually excited to see about where they land. I look at pick 24, Jackson Smith and Jigba, man, has he fallen off a cliff when it came to his you know, ability or where he was seen on mock drafts? He missed most of the year due to an injury. We didn't see a lot of him play. The thing with it is he was probably going to be the, not only the first receiver selected in this draft, but probably a top four pick. And now he's falling to pick 24. And the biggest question is, I think some people question if he even enjoys the game of football. He sat out of a, a playoff game. Now, you could say, is it nursing his injury? Look at what happened with Jamison Williams, where he was probably going to be a top five pick. And then he tore his ACL in the national championship game. You could understand that. But you also wonder if that's going to affect his draft stock. I really like Smith and Jigba's potential. 
as a receiver in this league. Honestly, I like him over some of the ones that were drafted ahead of him, like Jordan Addison. Honestly, after that top three of Addison and Jigba and Johnston, there's not a ton of receivers I'm really interested in. I don't really like the pick for the New York Giants taking Zay Flowers out of Boston College. To be honest, when I look at a a receiver like him, it kind of just reminds me of Kadarius Toney all over. And maybe I'm wrong with that, but who knows? We have a long way to go, you know, but I, I just also am a little surprised that they, you know, obviously they need weapons. Kenny Galladay is not doing anything over there. I'm not sure if he can even make a sandwich for the New York Giants, but they don't really have a ton of elite weapons outside of Saquon Barkley. And I get, I get drafting a receiver, but Zay Flowers is not what I would have taken with a late first rounder. Other picks that I like, I like Osiris Torrance. I like this player a lot as a guard. I wouldn't be upset if my Lions took him and really solidified our offensive line. I think it's a perfect pick for the Cowboys to help really push that run game again, especially if they're losing Tony Pollard. I think Ezekiel Elliott could be a cap casualty. He might need to go. We don't know who their running back is going to be next year, but having a solidified offensive line behind Torrance will be a really good idea. I'm not sure about Jameer Gibbs going to Buffalo. I do think that they need to do a run game, but I don't know if that's more about the running backs that they have or if it's more about the actual scheming that they have. The one thing that's always frustrated me about Buffalo is they can run the ball, but they never run the ball in a way that ends games. They run the ball to make big chunk plays or push the ball over for a fresh set of downs. But most of the time, they have to win games through the air. And when that isn't working or Josh Allen is throwing interceptions, they're pretty easily defeated. And honestly, I think this is a make-or-break year for the Bills because right now, they were the team last year. And I'm sorry, but you lose to Cincy in the divisional round and you lose in the divisional round last year. And I mean, think of it, guys. We're going on three seasons since they made an AFC Championship appearance. And if they can't get through that, I'm sorry, I'm knocking them down a tier. They're not the they're not the elite of the elite anymore in the NFL. They this is a must year must win year for them. I think Gibbs could be could be a good piece there, but again, he's not a huge back. If he can explode and really make it a dynamic run game with Buffalo, where they don't have to rely on Josh Allen running it 30 times, I think then we could really say this is a win now year for Buffalo, and they can really meet those standards. Another interesting one for me is the Cincinnati Bengals taking a tight end, Dalton Kincaid, out of Utah. McShay likes this pick because Hayden Hurst is a free agent. He was a very good receiving tight end, so maybe getting something for Burrow. Personally, for me, I also would have liked maybe an offensive lineman here. The main thing with it is Burrow gets sacked so many times. He gets sacked so much. And again, you saw what happened his rookie year. The Bengals' window is open now. And if Burrow gets hurt week six and is out for a season, that is one more year you've shaved off of your window before you have to start worrying about him getting a max contract, having to bring in Jamar Chase, having to sign T. Higgins to a million dollars, or not even a million, a billion dollars, I meant. You don't have forever with this core. So really making sure that Burrow is protected is more important to me 
than than Kincaid. Honestly, you could probably bring Hayden Hurst back on a pretty friendly deal. To wrap out the first round, our Super Bowl teams, we had the Eagles. They took an offensive tackle. I think this is a good selection because even though they have solidified positions on, or solidified players on both tackles, he could provide depth at least. That's what McVay or McVay, McShay. My goodness, there's too many mix. There's too many mix in the NFL. But the main thing with it is they have solidified players, but they are also older and they could use some depth in case one of them gets hurt. You don't want to lose a tackle. It's a very crucial position on your offensive line. You don't want to lose that on a year you're contending for a playoff spot. And so I think getting Anton Harrison, getting some depth there could really help him out. And then the Chiefs, they also go O-tackle. And again, look at the teams. Look at the names on those lines. And look how they played in the playoffs. Look at the teams that lost. Talking to you, Burrowville. Take an, take an offensive lineman. It's not the sexy pick. I understand, but it truly is a good, good value pick, and it'll protect your quarterback's head so you can make better throws. It's why you lost the Super Bowl. You didn't get blocking long enough. I'm talking about Cincinnati, of course, still. So that's all I have to say about the McVay mock draft. We'll get into some random headlines throughout the day as well. Um, after our little break here and our little transition, then we'll kind of be talking about some DeMar Hamlin talk and maybe a big receiver coming back to the Jaguars. Before we get things started, I would like to let you know that I am now on Apple Podcast. If you are a fan of the show but prefer the Apple ecosystem and their apps, you can now find Max Sports on Apple Podcast. So I do have some stories to share with you in our shorter segment today. Thank you for waiting through my breaks. Main thing is, a lot of people forgot about this player, but Calvin Ridley's coming back to the NFL. He's asking to be reinstated by the NFL after his whole betting suspension that he had. A lot of people forgot about this, but Calvin Ridley was pretty much a star number one receiver on the Atlanta Falcons when they were still trying to compete for playoff spots, where he then got you know stepped away due to mental health and off-field issues. He walked away from the game for a bit, but then later was suspended for where it came out that he had been... Uh, sports betting and again that's not really great when you're betting on games that you could know inside information on so he had been suspended but since that suspension the jacksonville jaguars have actually traded for calvin ridley services now what does this necessarily mean well i wanted to compare it a bit to the first topic i was talking about which todd mcshay Thank God I didn't say McVay this time. Todd McShay's mock draft had Jackson Smith and Jigba, the Ohio State receiver, going to Jacksonville. But when I look at it and I really break this team down, I look at their receiving core where they have Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley coming back, and Zay Jones, along with Marvin Jones, who's a solid deep threat, and Jamal Agnew, who's kind of a shifty receiver weapon kind of thing. I don't think they necessarily need a receiver. And they won't really be in the position to take an elite one. I think Smith and Jigba probably is the second best receiver in the draft. Maybe the first uh, when it comes to to talent. But some people could maybe question and wonder what his commitment to the game will be. 
especially the fact that he sat out of a playoff game. I don't think it was a great look for him. I think he'll have a lot of questions coming to this draft, and he keeps falling down draft boards. I saw him start at top three, then he fell to 10, then he fell to 15, then he fell to 20, and now he's down to, what, 23 where the Jaguars are picking? Maybe there's something that we don't know. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, and I just kind of addressed a little bit about Calvin Ridley trying to make a comeback in the NFL, I want to share something that's just like, it just seems like the stupidity of society sometimes, but DeMar Hamlin, everyone knows the story of what happened with him, with his cardiac arrest, where I honestly, again, I thought my heart was going to stop when I saw him fall on the field. One of the scariest things I've ever seen happen on an NFL field, and I hope, I'm praying that I never see it again. Well, apparently a lot one person that I will get to in a second was not very happy about DeMar Hamlin's outfit for the Super Bowl. Um the main thing is apparently I feel really bad about how I'm describing this but apparently DeMar Hamlin had like Christ or Jesus hanging on a cross or something as a detail on the back of this coat that he was wearing and it offended uh Adrian Peterson, former running back for the Vikings and a bunch of other teams. I don't know if Adrian Peterson has much to really come out on moral stances on things, but let's just take a little, without getting too much into graphic detail of Adrian Peterson's life, you know, where it's come out that he's putting his hands on his kids. I don't think him sharing his moral high ground on what's good and what's bad to wear I understand that he was a Christian and I don't think DeMar Hamlin where he even came out and said he did not intend to offend anyone. I don't think that really has to play in the fact that I don't think that Adrian Peterson's voice on what's a good decision and a bad decision of that when you've made far worse decisions really matters. Why you stay in your own lane and fix your own problems where you're putting your hands on your own kids and it's been multiple times where that's come out as opposed to criticizing someone's outfit after they almost... I almost dropped it there after they almost freaking die. It's ridiculous. It's the fact that like, it's, it's crazy how we as a society, not everyone, but DeMar Hamlin goes from victim that we always cheer for. And it was a great story to now some people already hate the dude for what he wore at a Super Bowl game. Like what? <laughs> Do, like just, we pat ourselves on the back too long. We, you know, cared about him enough now it's time to throw him onto the bus for something he wore a jacket it's ridiculous and i i think he can learn you know he can realize he even said he made a statement saying you know after talking about my parents i understand how my coat could have offended some people and it was never his intention to hurt or disrespect anyone he saw it as art I think you could argue the same way on how there's people that think of demonic, you know, symbols or demonizing symbols as art as well. Again, I'm not really getting into that debate on what I think is the case or not. All I'm saying is I know that there's people that view religious symbols as artwork more as an actual meaning. And some people take it harder on themselves. But when I see people that are already trying to pretty much paint DeMar Hamlin as a terrible person, when... He always seemed like a decent dude, and now we're just kind of ripping him apart for something that he just wore to a game. Like, that's where we've come to. Dude almost dies. Let's rip him apart for what he's wearing. And especially Adrian Peterson. Like, what the heck are you doing here? Like, aren't don't you have somewhere to be? Leave him alone. 
Like you haven't talked in a while since your scandals and and concerns are revolving. You're putting your hands on your kids multiple times, but now's your time to come out. And this is what you have to share with the public after all of your amazing decisions. With that being said, you know, my amazing thoughts on Adrian Peterson, this whole situation. That'll be it for the day. Not a ton of cool, fun highlights, and I don't want to waste your time because I know we did a big mock draft part in segment one. So I thank you for your time. If you like the show, rate, review, share with people. I'm trying to build a fun audience where I can interact with you guys. You know, Tell me what you think about the show. Tell me what you like. Again, I know I talked about it in segment one or before we got in segment one. What I mainly said is I will be releasing a special episode this week where I break down my Detroit Lions, their offense or their off-season moves, what I think that they should do, where their trajectory is going, what you know, maybe trade targets, maybe signings that I would like, my kind of dream picture of what I think they will need to do to become a contender. If you like that kind of topic, if you like that kind of episode, let me know when that episode comes out. Please give it listens, give it likes, give your thoughts on it. Because that way I know that that kind of content is something that other people would like to listen to as well. I'm doing that for myself. Whether anyone listens to it or not, I would love to make that piece of content. But if you guys also appreciate it, tell me. I have messaging sections on Spotify. I have Q&As and I have poll questions. I'll be putting one in that one. Did you like this content? Yes or no? After that, I'll, I'll decide if I'm going to keep doing them or not, if you guys like them or not. And I'll decide if I, it's something that I feel like I can balance on top of the show, work, and school. So at the end of the day, that'll be something coming on. Look forward to it. Again, if you want to you know, find every time this podcast drops, follow me on Spotify. Follow me on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on all of the social medias. I will be making official Instagram and Facebook Max Sports accounts soon. When I have the ability to, I'm trying to do some basic self-promoting right now because I, I really need to advance, you know, market myself a little bit better. But thank you to all who listen. I appreciate your time because you give me time to share about something that matters to me. Take care. Bye.